SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You call these bagels? It's bagels and bad beats. <laughs> yeah, welcome back, everybody. Bagels and bad beats right here on Sports Grid. Joe Pizzapia filling in still for Scott Wetzel. And yes, we're in the upside down. Come join me. Join me in the craziness where the Marlins can't be beat. And Nick Marcakis opts out, then back in. Because you never know what's coming. Yes, I know what's coming this hour. Mike Blewett, thank goodness, is going to join us from, uh, <laughs> from Sports Grid. We're going to talk a little football with him. Later on, we're going to look ahead to all the baseball games on the slate coming up soon here. But I want to put a button before we move on on the uh, NFC. Just went through an hour one. You can go back and listen and watch on demand on our YouTube channel as well. I want to put a button on the NFC because I told you my favorite bets there. Love the Seahawks to win the West. Love, love, love that. Uh, And if I'm going to do that, then I want to carry it over into the big boy. That's right. I'm going to continue the narrative because if you look at the NFC championship, yeah, what team's coming out of the NFC? You got the 49ers as the favorite, which is, again, it's always the lazy favorite. Whoever was in it last year, that's what it always is. Plus 460. 49ers have problems. I know you don't see them all yet. I see them for you. I see dead people. This is what I do. Plus 460. I'm telling you, stay away from it. New Orleans at plus 650 is the better of the chalk wagers. There's no doubt about that. With that roster that they've got, they are so deep. They have so much talent. I understand it's been heartbreaking. They've been right on the precipice the last two years. Just crazy things have happened, and they have not been able to get over that hump. But how about the Seattle Seahawks? 10 to 1. How about that? Can I get a woo? Can I get a Ric Flair 10 to 1, please, on the Seattle Seahawks? Because I feel like it might be the year of Russell Wilson. It's just starting to shape up and feel that way a little bit. I like the things they've done. They've added Jamal Adams to that defense. Ooh, that's a big win. And let me tell you something. Let's not forget the Seattle Seahawks went in there and beat the 49ers in San Francisco last year. Remember that? I do. Let me tell you something. Seahawks are mentally tough. Ready for this? 10 to 1. Go make some money. All right. We're going to hit a break. We come back. We're going to try this. Continue on. We're going to look ahead. Major baseball. Am I look ahead. This is AFC props. We'll be right back right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The SportsGrid Network. Try my disgusting bagel. Yeah, back to bagels and bad beats. Never really been a rah-rah guy at all. I just kind of just like lead by example. And if, you know, people have questions, like I'll, I'll answer them. I'm an open book. Like I'm not, you know, I'll try to hoard information. I don't like doing the whole Jason Witten deal where it's me versus everyone else in the tight end room. I, I think it's more like, you know, we're on this together. Like David, Harrison, Steven, Pharaoh, uh, Nate, we're all on this together. So I'm in. I look at it as just like a big family in our room. Like, we all have one common goal, and that's to win our reps. So, you know, however, if someone does it a certain way that resonates with someone else's learning process better, I just think, just like any other workplace, right, it's better when it's collaborative and not combative.
Austin Hooper throwing some shade at Jason Witten. It's right. I like the collaboration. Look at him. You know, it's all about me and, and Petey and Johnny and, and Squee and Little John and and uh, Punky Brewster. And, you know, it's all about all of us here and, uh, you know, Petey Joe and Betty Sue and all, all of us getting together and making sure in the meetings everything is good. I mean, how many guys he listen there? What the hell is going on? What the hell does the depth chart look like over there? Got more people at tight end with the <laughs> Cleveland Browns than Antonio Cromartie's got kids. What the hell? <laughs> Something tells me that's going to be on a commercial. Oh, goodness. Let's uh, let's continue on here. Welcome back, everyone. Bagels and Bad Beats. Joe Pizzapia filling in for Scott Wetzel. I hope I'm giving you a smile in the morning. Because God knows it's Friday and we all need one. Uh, let's talk about some AFC because that's where Austin Hooper plays now. Look at the shade. Dropping shade on people. Oh, my goodness. That was the best shade drop since that guy who was trying to save the bur- <laughs> the baby for the burning building and threw shade at Nelson Aguilar in Philadelphia. That was my- that's the greatest thing ever, by the way. Just I love that last year. You know, I didn't drop the baby like Aguilar dropped that pass. Oh, so good. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's talk about the AFC East. We'll start there. Guess who's the favorite? Not the Bills anymore. On FanDuel, it's the New England Patriots plus 115. Then you have uh, Buffalo Bills at plus 125. The Jets and Dolphins, I'm sorry, Jets, Dolphin fans, it's not going to happen. In fact, it would not shock me if the Dolphins actually finish third in this division. Or, you know, who knows, maybe even higher. I don't know. If Tua plays eight games like I think he's going to play, I think the Dolphins are going to be more annoying than people realize. They were annoying last year. Just ask the Patriots the end of the season. They were annoying. But I'll tell you what. It's amazing the difference Cam Newton has made in this line. The Patriots were the number two here, and basically the Bills and them have flip-flopped. And it's because of Cam Newton. It's because of that signing. You know what? I can't disagree with it. I am not going to bet against a premier athlete in Cam Newton who is motivated on a one-year contract to get paid. It is just the best circumstance you could possibly ask for. This dude, okay, has waited for this moment. The me against the world, chip on the shoulder, nobody believes in me anymore moment. If there was ever a dude built for this moment, that dude is Cam Newton. And Cam Newton is going to respond. And he's also got the best coach probably of all time along with him. So despite all the opt-outs, and I know there's a lot of them, if you don't think the Patriots are going to find guys to play football for them, you're wrong. They're going to. They're going to figure it out. They've had injuries like this. You know how many years they didn't have Mayo in the middle? And then all of a sudden Dante Hightower emerges the other guy? Well, somebody else will emerge Dante Hightower's out. This is the Patriots. It's what they do. It's a factory for good football. And I'm sorry, if you're going to make a wager in the East, I don't think you can put it on Josh Allen. Now, I like Josh Allen as a fantasy quarterback, okay? Do not get me wrong. But at the same time, mm, plus 125, I'll take the plus 115 instead with the New England Patriots. I just, I'm just going to do it. Until proven otherwise... Even without Tom Brady, <laughs> even with Cam Newton, that defense is still all world. I know Buffalo's defense is outstanding, too. That secondary is absolutely fantastic. But I think everything broke well for the Bills last year. I really do. And I and I thought they were a playoff team. And I said that early on before the season started. I said they're the best secondary in the NFL. They're going to be a playoff team. And people laughed at me, and they weren't laughing when they were in the playoffs. But anyway. Give me the New England Patriots in the East again. Sorry to be boring, everybody, but I like to win money. I hope you do, too. Uh, AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens are the favorites here. Minus 200, clear favorites, obviously. Pittsburgh Steelers at 340, Cleveland Browns 480, Bengals at 2600. So I'm going to say this. 
Baltimore Ravens are the favorite. They deserve to be the favorite. That Pittsburgh Steelers defense is really good. Ben Roethlisberger being back and healthy, it's big, big change. Connor's health is really uh, just crucial to the Steelers. I, I don't think the Browns can compete here. The Bengals are not in that conversation, but the Ravens are not a good bet. I mean, a minus 200, is, no, it's, it's not, that doesn't move the needle here. So the bet here, the wager here, is the AFC North Pittsburgh Steelers to win this division. Now, it's not the easiest one to make. I still think Baltimore is clearly the favorite. However, Pittsburgh Steelers defense is right there with, with Baltimore. They are as good. And you've got one quarterback who has been through a lot of adversity, who you know is kind of towards the end there. But let's not forget, that it was just two years ago that Roethlisberger threw for 5,000 yards. Okay? We're going to talk more Steelers with Mike Blewett later on in the hour, too. We'll get his thoughts on this Pittsburgh Steelers team and what they could possibly do here, you know, uh, returning Roethlisberger. You know, what does this team look like without Antonio Brown, without Le'Veon Bell? You know, all those things that we have to really think about now and who they are and what their identity is. But so far, their identity has been defense, which bodes well for them to be competitive in this division. Plus 340? Mm. I think that's the wager here to make. AFC West. Kansas City Chiefs, minus 390. Don't overthink this. <laughs> okay. Is it a good wager? No. Are they going to win? Yes. Raiders, Chargers, Broncos. I'm going to give you three names. Tyrod Taylor, Drew Locke, Derek Carr. No, 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 no. It's just Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. It's Kansas City Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs. Minus 390. Not a great wager. I mean, unless you have deep enough pockets to go ahead there and do that, that's fine. You want to do it? Great but they're going to win this division. Sorry. All right, AFC South, let's move on. <laughs> hey, I just call them as I see them. Colts plus 135. The Tennessee Titans got no respect. They're like Rodney Dangerfield. Hey, I was so ugly when I was born, the doctor slapped my mother. Uh, Tennessee Titans plus 165 here. Houston Texans all the way down to plus 300. Texans always find a way to make the playoffs. I don't think it's this year though. <clears throat> I really don't. And I think everything you want to talk about things breaking right for the Team last year was the Titans. And Derrick Henry is brilliant. And I love Mike Vrabel as a coach. This is another one. Colts are the favorite here. And Frank Reich is a hell of a football coach, too. That dude does not get enough credit. And yes, Philip Rivers going in there with Frank Reich and their familiarity is a good spot. I think they're going to be a, a really tough team. This is kind of a coin flip for me. <clears throat> this is even closer than what the, uh, the odds are. If I'm going to flip the coin on one side, I'm going to flip it for the Tennessee Titans at plus 165. Just get a little bit more action on there. That's that's my approach. That's how I would like to do it personally. That's my choice. And which brings us to the AFC Championship and uh, where we're going to go from that. And you got the Chiefs at plus 310. You got the Ravens at plus 340. You got the Patriots at 700. Pittsburgh Steelers at 12. Colts at 11. So, you know, forget Buffalo, Tennessee, Cleveland, Chargers. Those are the other ones on the board. No, 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 no. Still going to be easy here. So if you want to get in on the Chiefs, the place to get on the Chiefs is winning the AFC Championship. That's the place. Three to one. Yes, sure. Not to win the division, though. It's a cakewalk. I mean, they're going to win the division. Like I said, just how much you want to be able to bankroll that in order to make that a good return for you. But if you want to go betting this 310 for the Chiefs to win the AFC Championship, that is the way to go. I don't think New England is a good bet. I don't think they're in the same class as the Ravens or the Chiefs. If you're going to pick one of the chalk, I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes, especially because what we've seen so far from Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. And, and I also think people are overreacting to this. It's early in his career, okay? Forget even two years ago. Like, the kid came in as a rookie 
had some good games. He was a little up and down. And then, you know, he had the, the bad playoff game and everybody run the roll their eyes. And then this year, the Tennessee Titans came in and punched him in the mouth. And I think what really hurt the Ravens the most was the layoff. They didn't play for two weeks. They came out stale. They came out flat. Tennessee was ready to punch him in the mouth. They did. And they were just more physical than them. And I think it's a good life lesson for a young Ravens team to learn that. And although Harbaugh has been there for a long time, this is not the same Ravens. It's a very different Ravens team than it was five, six years ago when the Ravens were in the playoffs every single year like they always are. I'm going to say this. Chiefs still favorites, and I don't see anybody else dethroning them anytime soon. All right, we come back. We're going to talk Major League Baseball here. Look ahead to today's games, today's pitching matchups, the wagers, the DFS, all of it right here on Bagels and Bad Beats. On Sports, you no Right back out. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com now back to bagels and bad beats Oshohi Otani back in the lineup Gooby and as we start the second with no score Shohei shooting one out to left field, has some carry. D. Gordon moving back near the wall. Gone! Big fly, Otani shot. One, nothing, Halos. He's unreal when it comes to. When you... Shohei Otani can swing the stick, which is good because he can't really take the mound anymore. Uh, I don't expect Shohei Otani to be pitching anytime soon. I don't know if I ever expect to be pitching again in the major leagues, to be honest with you. I just don't think it's a good investment for the Angels. But what is a good investment is his bat. The dude continues to show you that he can be a star in the major leagues just on the one side. We have to abandon, unfortunately, the possibility of this great two-way story. But we're a great two-way story right here because we are on the radio on Bagels and Bad Beads. We're also on SportsGrid Live YouTube. Go to sportsgrid.com or just go to our YouTube channel. You can watch this beautiful face for radio talking uh, sports here with you. And it's a little Major League Baseball time. In a second, we're going to be joined by Mike Blewett. But before we do that, let's look ahead to the slate today. And let's start with the Baltimore Orioles, who are just so happy do not see the Marlins anymore. <laughs> Who ever thought that would happen? But they're just like, please, can we stop playing the Marlins for the love of God? Uh, Annabelle Sanchez in this one, taking on Tommy Malone. Uh, the Nationals, obviously favorites in this one, minus 175. But I don't know how how great you feel, how confident you possibly feel about that one. Uh, just looking ahead of it, uh, just, you know, Annabelle Sanchez, anything can kind of happen there with him. So I think that's one of those spots here. And, uh, oh, well, phone lines are back. So before we continue on, uh, if you've got a call, 844-843-6879. Let's take John in Manhattan. John, I hope you weren't on hold for the last hour when things got wacky because everybody knows in the Northeast, power's been in, been out. And that's why you're stuck with me for an extra two days that nobody saw coming, least of all me. John, how are you this morning? It's nice to have our chat. I was a little worried you wouldn't call I'm back. Great. You know, I'm enjoying you filling in for Scott. You're doing a really good job, Joe, in all seriousness. Thanks. You're doing a great job. I appreciate that, man. Thanks a lot. I really do. Believe it. <laughs> I was laughing because uh, it's, you, your show is somewhat 
into gambling, and your update guy is named Chris Welch, which I thought was a pretty funny name for a guy uh, giving the updates for a gambling show. Chris Welch, because you know, <laughs> it is. Well, the funniest a, part is it bet. sounds like it sounds like Welch when you hear it, but it's actually Welsh. But sometimes it comes out like Welch, like when they get said really, really fast in some of the promos. And Chris and I actually host a podcast together. So uh, we've been doing the Fantasy Black okay. Book show for the last two plus years. Uh, Scott Bogman, Chris Welsh, myself. Um, we're, you know, in this league, you, you know, the show there, but the three of us, we all work on the black book together. Um, and we do a weekly podcast together. So if you're looking for that, you're looking for more of me, which I can't imagine by the end of this week, someone is, but if you are the black book podcast is out there, but that dude, him and Bogman are two of the funniest guys and the smartest guys. And they do, I mean, they are deep NBA guys, NFL, MLB. I mean, they're, they're incredible what those guys are able to do, but yeah, you're right. Uh, of all the names, I mean, you know, uh, I wish the other guy's name was Mush on the gambling show because that's the only thing it could possibly get better, right? <laughs> and then you mentioned, you mentioned Mike Blewett, which would be a great name for a closer in baseball, you know? <laughs> you know what? That's the name of every Met closer ever. That's that's pretty much it. Just every <laughs> Met closer, just Blewett. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as I, I was telling uh, Jesse Orozco just the other day. <laughs> you know what's funny? I got to tell you, John. I mean, Jesse Orozco and Roger McDowell, they still made you sweat it out, but they usually got the job done back in the day. Benitez and Looper and, uh, God, I mean, you know, K-Rod. Everybody sold the goods on that guy. I mean, Familia's terrible. Diaz, he's just going on and on. Thanks for the call, Josh. Good to talk to you, man. Hope you have a great weekend, brother. And I appreciate you you all week all the show, man. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, dude, like... Oh God, this is, this is my world. Uh, this is why, I, you know, in the eighties, I thought being a med fan was going to be a great thing yeah, as a kid. And if I known, I would have, I would have, uh, <laughs> maybe looked at the pinstripes a little harder. Masahiro Tanaka will be donning those pinstripes tonight against Blake Snell. This should be a really fun matchup. And let me tell you something. This is an important game for the Rays. And I know you're saying you're only like 12 games into the season. How can it be important? It is because the Rays need to get a W here. And the Rays need to make a statement against the Yankees that they can hang with them this year. And that means Blake Snell um, is a guy that needs to step up here into this void. Make a big start against this Yankees offense. I assume Darren Judge will be back in this game. This is in your home turf, Blake Snell. Put your money where your mouth is, because we know your mouth is like to to run quite a bit. You know, I I had a lot of umbrage. You know, again, it's Friday, so maybe it's time to unload some umbrage. I took a lot of umbrage with Blake Snell. because. When he was doing his little Twitch thing this past spring about coming back and stuff, he had me for the first, I don't know, eight, nine seconds of that video where he's like, this is my life, bro. This is my life. You know, this is not life and death. I'm not going to come back and play, bro, unless I'm getting my full salary. And that was, I was like, no, 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 no. It's not either or. It's either you're a man of integrity and you say money doesn't matter. It's my life and death. It's not my money matters only to a certain point where I get a full guaranteed contract and I get the most money. No, I'm not the biggest Blake Snell fan. Fine. This is my personal adage. I'd like to see the Yankees light him up tonight, but this is an important game for the Rays. From a wagering standpoint, looks like a coin flip right now. 105, 103. So I'm staying away from it. Unless you want to flip that coin and go against Blake Snell because you don't like him like me. Kyle Wright in the uh, the illustrious grouping of young pitchers for the Atlanta Braves going to take on Vince Velasquez, who's been dreadful. This one's basically a coin flip as well. Um, look, 
you know, we're still waiting for a lot of odds to come out this morning, but so far the ones that have come out of, you know, <laughs> so far it's just like, Hey, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, but from a DFS standpoint, this one will begin the seven o'clock starts. Uh, Dansby Swanson, as I mentioned the other day, moved up into that two spot with Ozzy Albies out. So make sure you're looking at him at 3.3 in the middle of that order between Acuna and Freeman. He's going to see a lot of fastballs. Vince Velasquez stinks. I want to lean Braves here. My problem is Philly's lineup's been hot. And the problem is, I think the, the, <clears throat> I think the Braves are dealing with a lot of stuff. By the way, if you're looking for a free square tonight on FanDuel, Nick Marquez is a 2.2 is the way to do it. Matthew Boyd's continued to be dreadful. I don't know what's going on with him. The guy's a strikeout machine last year, but he led the league in home runs. He's taking on the Pittsburgh Pirates tonight. <clears throat> Josh Bell is just 3K. You got to look at him. I know it's a lefty-lefty matchup, but even Colin Moran's been swinging a, a good bat. I wish there was more pop in this lineup because I'd love to really just stack against Matthew Boyd who's giving up home runs at crazy rates. And I just don't think there's enough home runs in his lineup. So I'm just annoyed at this. I'm just annoyed. It's Friday. I'm annoyed. I'm taking out my umbrage on people. I'm doing all kinds of things. Michael Walker was pretty good last time, but can Michael Walker and the New York Mets stop the juggernaut that is the Miami Marlins? I don't know. I honestly don't. Sandy Alcantara, 8.6 on FanDuel tonight. Uh, John VR, though, <clears throat> was uh, really good yesterday, 2.7. That salary has not risen at all yet, so you might want to get in at the top of that lineup there with VR uh, against the, the Mets, who, you know, really struggle throwing runners out. So VR is probably good for a stolen base or two tonight. Uh, if you're looking for a way to wager on this one, too, again, I, I don't know what the Marlins are yet. I understand they're winning games like crazy. I imagine you kind of go against the grain here and say, okay, they're due for an L at some point. They're not playing the Baltimore Orioles anymore. <laughs> but then again, it's 2020. Tanner Rourke against Ryan Weber. Oh my goodness. Blue Jays and Red Sox. I'm looking for a lot of offense in this one. Uh, I would go with the over here. Don't look for the winner. Just go with the over. Between Tanner Rourke and Ryan Weber, there's going to be some runs in this game. Uh, certainly some value there on the board as well. Vlad Guerrero Jr. getting dropped in that lineup to the fifth spot to, you know, <clears throat> I know everybody's had these huge expectations for Vlad, and I think he's in all, he's got a ton of talent. But I think so far it's been a mixed bag. I think you're seeing a good player. And, and look, I think you have to keep in mind, too, the guy is still in his early 20s. So when you're developing at the major league level, I think it's a lot to ask. It really is. It's very difficult. You know, guys who, who make it look easy like Juan Soto do not grow on trees. So I think you just, just be patient with Vlad Guerrero Jr. at this point. Uh, I would also not be patient with Andrew Benintendi anymore. I'm just... I think everybody should be frustrated by it. Getting him back up into the one spot. I think it's good for business for him. Raphael Devers, J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogarts. There's your stack against Tanner Rourke for the night in Boston. I would definitely be looking for some runs in Fenway tonight. You have the Twins looking to get back on track with Devin Smeltzer against Jacob Junis. Twins will be favorites in this one. Uh, but once again, the Royals kind of shocked the world yesterday. Beat up on the Cubs. Just pounded on him. Uh, this is uh, part of, uh, you know, a... Uh, Basically, games that were very surprising. But you know what's not surprising is Whit Merrifield. You know, Whit Merrifield last year was one of only two guys to have 100 runs scored and 200 hits. The other guy was Raphael Devers. Now, we all know that name. That's a household name. But when do we start to understand how good of a player Whit Merrifield is? And if I'm a major league team, I'm looking at that team-friendly contract he's got. I am happy to unload prospects and take Whit Merrifield on my team. Because I don't think the Royals are a competitive team this year. I don't. I don't think the Royals think they're competing. I'll tell you what, Whit Merrifield can help a team. Oof. 
especially if Albie's out for a long period of time. Can you imagine getting Whit Merrifield there? And then you can always bump him out to the outfield if you want to after that. What a great fit for the Braves he would be. And the Braves have the prospects to do a deal like that. There's no doubt about that. Trevor Bauer against Eric Lauer. He's your cash game arm of the night, 11.4. Very expensive, but still really good matchup for him. I, I think, you. I mean, you're always waiting for the good and the bad and the ugly when it comes to Trevor Bauer. So far, it's been nothing but good. So I guess we keep rolling there with him. Um, and unfortunately, that's bad news for the Brewers lineup. So I like the Reds in this one. Take the favorite there and that. Aaron Savali, who's been really good against Dylan Cease. Will the White Sox lineup be quiet twice in a row? Don't know. I do know this. Aaron Savali's strikeout rate is up. I think that's bad news for the White Sox lineup. This could be a little bit of a lull here. For our lineup is very good. Maybe you get it back-to-back games here with some tougher pitchers. Maybe things start to change a little bit. Also, you got Cubs-Cardinals tonight and Griffin Canning against Jordan Lyles. So lots of fun out there as you get later. Luke Weaver against Zach Davies. Zach Granke against Chris Bassett, who's pitched really well, too. So a lot of good pitching matchups, but it's time to talk about football again. Change gears. Mike Blewett joins us on the program. Don't go anywhere. More bagels and bad beats right here on Sports Grid right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The SportsGrid Network. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats. Second and passing. First and ten, Juju Smith-Schuster. He got by one, he takes it in for six. Broken tackle of base. 11-yard touchdown pass by Ben Roethlisberger. That was a little fun right there. Welcome back, everybody. Bagels and Bad Beats. And Mike Blewett joins us. You know him here on the network. And I miss our Sundays, Mike Blewett. I know we're going to talk a little NFL here, but I miss you and me in the Meadowlands, together in the same space. No masks, no nonsense, just talking football. But, Mike, I'm so grateful that you got up extra early to talk to me today. How are you, my friend? It's nice to chat again. Absolutely. Those were the days, huh? No masks, sitting next to people, having a normal conversation. Uh, it yeah. feels like years ago, but excited to be on Bagels and Bad Beats. So thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Mike, I, I, you know what? Like, no no lies here. No, I always keep it real in the program. Mike, you are one of my favorite people that I've had the the pleasure of working with here at the network. And uh, for those of you who don't uh, who don't follow Mike on Twitter, you absolutely should. And make sure that you're also, um, you know, checking him out on the shows. Now, now, where can everybody find the the show you've been doing with the football? Because you can follow him on Twitter at Mike Blewett. But I know yeah. you've been doing a full circle football. So if you were looking for the football fix, clearly you're the guy to go. So when is that show on? What's going on latest? And what do you guys have coming up this week now with all the opt outs and stuff going on? Yeah, so Football Full Circle airs every Saturday and Sunday morning, uh, currently 8 to 10. We've been moving around a little bit, so uh, we do get showed uh, shown at random times as well. But the opt-outs 
Look, I think it's a big story in general because 66 players have decided, you know what, I'd rather take this smaller paycheck than uh, get on a roster this year. But when you look at many of the guys who opted out, there aren't too many teams that were badly impacted. The Jets obviously lose a huge impact player in C.J. Mosley. The Broncos, uh, I think unexpectedly, uh, lose an important offensive lineman in Jawan James. Uh, they save $13 million on the cap, but they lose a key player. Mm-hmm. And obviously the Patriots, with the sheer number of losses, A, and B, impact veteran players like Hightower and Chung. Right. I think those are, are really the three teams that are the most impacted by it. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's kind of was my take as well. Once again, we usually see things a uh, very similar fashion and it's it's the bulk of the it's the amount of players in the Patriots and it's one or two key players on other teams. But from a fantasy perspective, at least so far, I think we've dodged a bullet. I don't know, however, yeah. if it's going to be the last one fired. That's the thing. It's like I feel like there's going to be more opt outs. And I think anyone who thinks there isn't going to be is just wrong. This was like, hey, let's all just make this big show about this is what it is. And now we're all going to play football. So that way everybody feels good about the football season and, and all of that jazz. But we'll see what happens as it unfolds now. Uh, A guy who is not opting out, but opting back into the season after missing a year with injury is your Ben Roethlisberger, Mr. Pittsburgh Steeler, Mr. Terrible Towel. And uh, look, I feel like everyone's forgotten that two years ago, the guy was throwing for 5K yards. And uh, last year, that defense, despite being just woefully inept on offense, they continue to put them in bad spots all the time. And yet that defense played extraordinarily well. I think the Steelers can really compete for this division. And, and more importantly, from a fantasy perspective, too, it looks like Juju seems to be a guy that could be a real value this year. Another guy that, once again, this time last year, was right on the precipice of being a wide receiver one, a guy you wanted all these things, right? And now and now it's like he's an afterthought. So Connor, Deontay Johnson, Roethlisberger returning, Juju. Do you think that everything can click right here for the Steelers? And, and you know, I know you're going to give me the truth, not the optimistic Steeler rub. But seriously, I mean, do you think this is a team that's kind of getting, you know, disrespected a little bit right now? I think I think a little bit. Now, clearly, there's one major question mark, right? Does a 38-year-old quarterback have the ability to come back from an elbow in which he had mm-hmm. three tendons repaired? I don't know. We, we shall see. Uh, everything, all the reports sound good. Uh, they've been tracking his throwing motion for months using a microchip uh, in the ball, which I think they should apply, obviously, to be able to spot the ball during the course of the oh, game. But, but Mike, they're going to so, be putting microchips uh, everywhere then. They're going to follow you. they follow the ball, follow right. Ben Roethlisberger. they got to put them in their knee pads. Then yeah, you but then next, the you know you got the microchip right, everywhere. They're going to follow us with the microchips. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> That's right. So, uh so Ben coming back from this injury is going to be an extremely important question. Do I think they can be, can, can compete for the division? Yes. I think Baltimore has got a leg up. They have the most dynamic player in the NFL last year, but um, with all due respect to Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson won the MVP. But uh, as far as Juju Smith Schuster is concerned, it was a bummer last year for, for a couple of reasons. We were trying to determine whether or not he could be that elite wide receiver without the help of Antonio Brown on the other side. And that evaluation was effectively put on hold because he had injuries and he had the single worst quarterback play in the entire league. The Steelers scored in a an, in an situation where they had an opportunity to go to the playoffs 
the Steelers scored 10 points in weeks 15, 16, and 17, and the Titans overtook them uh, to take that spot. If there was a seventh playoff team like there will be this year, the Steelers were in. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and look, man, I, I'm just telling you right now, I think they're the more intriguing wager in that division. I just went through them all and in the AFC. And I don't know, man, like I think they can compete on the defensive side, especially. Uh, let's stick Absolutely. with the theme here. Old fart quarterbacks. Philip Rivers has some familiarity with Frank Reich and the OC here. Uh, and, and look, he's upgrading offensive lines. No doubt about that. One of the worst in the league to one of the best in the league. And uh, he's got some weapons out there. He's certainly got two very intriguing running backs also. But is this so easy that we just plug in Phillip Rivers and they're the favorite? Because if you look around, that seems to be the narrative out there. Is it that simple? And I know Phillip Rivers has the track record to back it up. But what do you think about Rivers and the Colts this year and what this offense might be, which maybe it wasn't last year? Yeah, I, important question, obviously, right? But for the first time in his career, he will have the ability to not have to be so aggressive. Now, he plays aggressively. Can he rein it in a little bit? He's had his best years when Frank Reich was his offensive coordinator. So uh, from that perspective, I think he, he can really help him. It is a really good offensive line, one of the best in the entire league. They obviously have an unbelievable stable of running backs with Jonathan Taylor just recently drafted. Uh, but Marlon Mack it will obviously get some carries as well. I don't think this is a Jonathan Taylor 350-touch kind of year. I think he'd no. have a fantastic rookie year. But I, I think given everything that uh, – all the pieces that they have, they added to Forrest Buckner on defense. I think that helps. It continues to help. They're very strong down the middle defensively. But a real key for the Colts, you're, everybody's going to be talking about Rivers. Their schedule lined up so well for them that I think they are the easiest, one of the easiest bets on the entire board. They're the easiest mm. over for me on the entire board, over eight and a half. You, you can say, well, yeah, they won't win the division and they yeah. won't make a big impact in the playoffs. Maybe you can say that, but I don't think there's any way uh, that they don't get to nine wins, barring some freakish uh, major injuries. I think they've done a really nice job building this offense, and that's my favorite over on the board. Yeah, look, I agree with you. I think they're a winning team. I'm just not ready to hand them the division yet. And and I understand, and I just said this too in the last segment before earlier we were talking NFL, that everything broke right for the Titans last year, man. Like everything that could possibly bounce their way did. Yeah. And yet they still earned it. I mean, they went out there and they punched the Patriots in the mouth again in the playoffs. They punched the, the Ravens in the mouth and they're just going through things. But it's asking a lot for a team like that with all that momentum to kind of recreate it again. Sometimes it's like lightning in a bottle. Uh, but, you know, let's continue on with more yeah. old farts. And I say old farts endearing because I'm still older than all these guys we're talking about. Let's talk about Tom Brady and the Bucks because this is another team. Yeah, It's got a lot of helium, obviously. I get it. I understand. There's a lot of excitement. Gronk's back. LaShawn McCoy, Tom Brady. I mean, this team would have been awesome in like, I don't know, 2015. This is going to have been amazing. This would have been like your Madden team of dreams. And yeah, they do have two really capable wide receivers with with Evans and Godwin. And, and I love Bruce Arians personally as a head coach and as a football man. But, you know, I just feel like whenever you have all these mercenary teams, sometimes you put everything together like this. It doesn't always mix right away together how you want it to. Is Tom yeah. Brady the guy that's going to buck that trend? Or are we setting ourselves up for possible disappointment here? Maybe they are not the contenders with the Saints that some people think they are. Yeah, I, I think people could be a little disappointed at the ultimate return. I, I don't know that I have them as the best team in the NFC. But again, similar to the Colts, 
their schedule does line up pretty nicely. Now, in order to hit the over on this, they have to get to double-digit wins. So your expectations go from, ah, I think they'll be pretty improved, to like, wow, they have to win 10 or 11 games in order for me to feel safe about my bet. So and from that standpoint, you have to be bullish on them to get all of these wins. You're right. The Browns were a team like that where they brought a mm. whole bunch of pieces together. Yep. Threw him out there. Let's hope it works. A lot of people got caught up in the hype. I did not. I was worried about Freddie Kitchens, and that ultimately proved to be true. Now, this is a veteran coach, and they were a team that, despite horrendous uh, turnover situation at the quarterback position, they still won seven games. Yeah. So they lost all these close games. The, the data will tell you that there's likely to be a market correction, at least on the one-score games or on the close games that Jameis threw away. I do really give them a – if you're asking me over or under on the Bucks, I would take the over. I don't feel as bullish about it as some people. And to your point, I do think these pieces are going to help them. Uh, I really am curious. I think it will be fun to watch it all work out. But I, I can't look at them and say that they've leapfrogged the Saints and the Niners and the Hawks and possibly even one of those AFC East teams if they get it right. We all know Philly and Dallas uh, stubbed their toe last year in certain ways, but uh, they're still talented teams top to bottom. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of that McCoy uh, move too? Because I'm of the mind of you have to protect the asset uh, at all costs and literally at all costs the, yeah. with Tom Brady for the next two years. And if they were so happy with Ronald Jones and Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn, they were so happy with what they had in house, they wouldn't have gone and made this move. This move to me is a very tricky one. And I don't, if he's going to see more snaps, my concern, Mike, is, or, or at least my illusion is that he might be a little bit more uh, beneficial or productive in this offense than people might realize. Do you think McCoy's done, or you think that he's going to see a lot more playing time because of the situation with Tom Brady and keeping him protected, basically? I think he's a pretty good insurance policy for them based on what we saw in Kansas city last year with a coach that really liked him. There wasn't much left there. It doesn't mean that he can't do it in spurts. So we might see a month or so where LaShawn McCoy is a real asset for them. Uh, But I don't believe any of the coach speak about Ronald Jones because he said it last year and we didn't really see much of it. Do I think he could see the most touches in the offense uh, at the running back position? Yeah, I do think he could see the most touches, but I, I don't think, He's been handed the job, and, and there's no way for him to lose it. I, I think they drafted Keyshawn Vaughn for a reason. They brought in LaShawn McCoy as an insurance policy, and Daria Agunboale might uh, have a couple of spells here where he wins you a DFS week because he's caught a bunch of passes. Yeah, all right, real quick here because I know we're up against it. Rob Gronkowski, done or anything left in the tank? Uh. I think done, but uh, okay. he's such a good football player. I think he'll help them. All right, there you have it. He's Mike Blewett. Make sure you follow him on uh, Twitter at Mike Blewett and go check out uh, Football Full Circle here on Sports Grid. Also, one of my co-hosts of Pro Football Today and DFS shows and all kinds of things. Mike, it's so great to talk to you again. Hopefully, we'll be back sooner than later. We're going to hit a break. Love you, brother. We're going to hit a break. We come back. We're going to close Take things care. out here strong on the week that is... Oh, another week in the books here, but we got fun weekend stuff ahead, so stick around. More bagels, more bad beats right here on Sports Grid, on YouTube, on radio. We're everywhere. Don't go anywhere. Let's finish strong together. You and me. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad meat. Welcome back, everybody. Bagels and Bad Beats right here on Sports Grid. I want to thank everybody who listened this week and everybody who stuck with me. I want to thank Chris Bavona for all his support and all of our guests this whole week. Ariel Epstein. Uh, of course, we had Mike Blewett just now. We had Jared Smith, Dane Martinez. So thank you to all my Sports Grid peeps for helping me out this week. I really do. But of course, for Chris Bavona, especially for uh, programming the whole show with me. Uh, and I just got what's been a very long week here, uh, definitely here for me personally, a good one, but a long one. There'll be diamond bets on the weekend with me on sports grid. You can go check me out over there with uh, Matt striker, former WWE superstar. We do a baseball show. If you can't get enough baseball, uh, we're on the network every, uh, every Sunday doing that. And I'll be on FST every day with Craig Mish every afternoon from uh, 12 to two Eastern. But what was a long week just ended off in a very good spot because Chris Bavona has given me word that he is finally making good on his promise that he is going to get me uh, a diehard Christmas ornament that I believe he has constructed himself. I am pretty sure. (laughs) And yes, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And if you think it's not, it's wrong. I'll spend a whole two hours telling you why it is. And I've had this argument before. But Chris, is it finally Christmas for me in August? Am I getting this ornament? Because I'm very excited with this news. I got to tell you, it's made by whole. It will. It will be. Uh, Christmas in August for you. And not only is Die Hard a Christmas movie, it is the greatest Christmas movie <laughs> of all time. Do you know why? Why, Chris? Because it's Die Hard. <laughs> That's the good answer. That's a good answer. Uh, it is. It's probably my top three. It's like. It's a Wonderful Life, Christmas Vacation, and Die Hard. I think that's my it's holy trilogy. Number one. Of, uh, number one yeah. for me. Number one for you. You know, I have a tradition. Every Christmas Eve, I get an eggnog, and I sit down. Christmas Eve, kids are in bed, and I watch I watch Die Hard. It's, uh, it's a tradition that I started a few years ago, and I find that it's the perfect palate cleanser to the madness of the holidays. Uh, you know, yeah. like, the holidays Especially can drive me crazy. Oh, and this year, more than ever... Yeah, I might, I might just watch Die Hard this weekend. I can't get the eggnog, but I can definitely get the Die Hard. All right, don't go anywhere. Stay on the grid. You can get uh, the early line with Dave Martinez and Kevin Walsh coming up next. Once again, I want to thank Chris Mavona and all the people here at SportsGrid who helped make uh, this week possible. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.